Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's a J-M-I-E, your 47th favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down this road of nerdiness. In today's episode, we're going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Uh, we got news, we got trailer breakdowns, we got a preview of an upcoming video game, we got a little Gator Game of Thrones, I might even throw in a little wrestling. It's just basically whatever I want to talk about. So, in the words of Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning, let's talk about it. Right off the bat, guys, uh, we're still talking about end games. End games is the global phenomenon that is shattering records all over the uh, world and all over history. Right now, it is sitting at a cool 2.4 point blah 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 billion dollars on its route to defeating, hopefully, toppling the number one most overrated movie of all time that made so much money, and I don't know how it did. It is right behind and dipping on the heels of Avatar as the number one highest grossing film of all time. It has surpassed James Cameron's Titanic as the number two highest grossing film and is on its way to hopefully surpassing James Cameron's Avatar as the highest grossing film. Now, James Cameron said in an interview that he hopes that the uh, that there's a burnout of comic book movies and in-game especially. He said because he feels there are greater... Uh, science fiction stories to tell out there that don't involve comic books and to me it sounds like a jealousy because nobody asked him to do it had he done in game this man would have been praising it and when he said this the internet literally uh, started tearing him to shreds all the MCU fans started going after him talking about his recent movies and past movies the ones that haven't done that well and are not Avatar even though again I will stress this I never got the hype behind Avatar. I never realized why Avatar was so good. The movie is overrated. The movie is a trumped-up Fern Gully, and Fern Gully I would rather watch because then at least you have Robin Williams voicing in it. This movie is... Avatar is just not that good. However, after the internet shredded James Cameron, he decided to go on and wish, you know, and congratulate the Russos and everybody in the MCU for... Such an amazing job of what they've done with Endgame, basically trying to cover his ass and stop them from hating on him. Well, James Cameron, you kind of got my ira up. I'm using ones to let things go, but it's just, it seemed to me like you were kind of uh, jealous and you made a stupid remark, which people tend to do, and now you're backtracking trying to get people to like you again. And I think you might have pissed a lot of people off because, as we know, the internet doesn't tend to forget, the internet doesn't forgive for whatever fucking reason. Really, it has no bearing on me. I'll still watch a movie if it interests me. If I, if it doesn't, I'm not going to go see him. However, it can, looks like the Endgame could and hopefully will surpass at the box office uh, Avatar. And that is not a disappointment. That is a great thing. But speaking of disappointments, the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog dropped. And it is, you know, a video game adaptation that... Um, that, that, you know, they were going to try to bring in the nostalgia feel as well as bringing the kids feel. And the first trailer dropped. We're getting Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik or Dr. Eggman as most of us knew him. And this trailer 
but set the internet on fire. Because Sonic the Hedgehog looked ridiculous. He looked nothing like he did in the in the video games that we all grew up playing, or even in the cartoons that we watched when we were children. I don't understand where they were going with the concept of how he looked. I don't understand the, the fact that they couldn't just... It, He's a fictitious hedgehog set in the real world. He's animated. Why not animate him to look like he would in the in the video game? It makes no sense whatsoever to have him look and be proportioned the way he is. And people threw such an ira about this, and they they threw such a fit about it that the director and the studio decided that they are going to actually redo Sonic. They are going to remake Sonic and redesign Sonic and hopefully go back to what he was in the video game because there are plenty of artists out there who have recreated that what he would look like and it looks a million excuse me it looks a million times better but the, my question is how far how long is this going to take to do how long does it is it going to take for them to literally remaster him in every shot and everything he's doing to look like they want him to look, and hopefully will look. Will this push the movie back? Are they still going to get it out on time? And there's other questions that come up with this film. Why was this film set on Earth when all of Sonic's stuff is set in the realms of, you know, the Green Hill Zone and stuff like that? Now, if this film had been that he was a video game character who was drawn out of the video game somehow... And that's why he's in our world, and that's why Dr. Robotnik's in our world. That, that would have been fine. I'd understand it. In fact, you could have got some funny moments with him, like jumping on someone's head and it not taking them out or something. And, you know, even be like, huh, that always works in the video games. You could have got moments like that. It probably could have been funny. I don't understand how they're going to. I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't want to bash on it too much. It just it doesn't look like it's catching my, my feel. This movie seemed like it was a perfect thing that could have been set up for a a animated movie and the animated movie you could have explained him being able to move the way he does and you know animation you can always do things that you can't do in real life and I don't understand why they went with the half animated you know in the real world type situation instead of just doing a full animated I guess budget might have been part of it but I really think you would have made more money in the long haul with an animated film because you could have made it more of the video game ish so you're going to get the kids money as well as the parents who you know, grew up playing Sonic, you could have got their money bringing in the nostalgia factor instead of just trying to, I don't know what they were going for here. I mean, this is going to be a kid's movie. Kids are going to like it. Kids are going to think it's funny. But will it make the money that they're hoping it makes? I don't think it will. I mean, it'll make money. I, I'm, I'm calling that now. It's probably going to make money simply because I think kids will enjoy it, you know, but it's just... To me, as someone who grew up playing Sonic and, and was in that era of Sonic, I don't understand the, the aspects of changing his design and putting him, basing him in the real world. It just, to me, that, that never works out for video games, and I don't understand why they chose to go that route. Now, on the flip side of that, we also had another video game movie that just recently got released. I have yet to see it. You will get a full review. But that is Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu, whose Pikachu is now voiced by Ryan Reynolds, is set in in a real world that's fictitious where Pokemon and humans coexist in the world. Since when I first heard about this being made, um, as all most video game movies, I was like, oh lord, this is going to be terrible. This is not going to work out. This is going to be t garbage. And the first trailer had me hooked. I mean, I did not know I needed a Deadpool uh, voiced Pikachu until Ryan Reynolds pulled it off for me. This is 
It looks funny from the trailers. It, it brings me in. You're getting all the different Pokemon. The story looks like it's going to be interesting. And right now, it is crushing at the box office with $700 million worldwide. I mean, it is... It is it toppled Endgame's. Endgame's been out for two or three weeks when it happened, but to topple that movie to be the first one to beat it is a, is a pretty big deal, and it proves that po- uh, Pikachu and Pokemon are just as popular now as they've ever been. And the film looks funny. It looks like it's got action in it, and it's going to bring nostalgia factor of seeing Pokemon that I grew up with. I don't know if they're having all the new ones in it. We get Mewtwo is going to be in it. You know, where we're seeing uh, Mr. Mime. I've seen Jigglypuff, Charizard. You know, we're seeing... Bulbasaurs and all the other Pokemon we grew up with, so this looks like it could be fun. I'm just hoping that Danny DeVito, who voiced Detective Pikachu in the video game, I'm hoping he has a cameo somewhere, or they at least reference it. You know, that would be a cool little homage to me to have that happen. Um, moving on to a trailer from the flip side of what's going to be a a funny and I think you know funny family tone film. To the trailer that just dropped that is anything but that. We just got our first real look at the It trailer. It Chapter 2 is coming out. And man, this trailer is... it. It's... I got you all in the creeps. I mean, we get a scene from the film of Beverly as an adult going back to the apartment that she grew up in. And there's an elderly woman there. And as she goes in... That something's not right about the woman. She's the woman telling her stories about moving to Derry and how her dad worked in the circus. And we see a picture, and it looks like her dad was actually Pennywise. I don't know if that was just him messing with her or if that was her dad. We see her go off. We see her scampering off uh, creepily, and then we hear him her talking about the you know was uh, she daddy's girl and everything. And then she turns around, and the woman's naked, and it's just a creepy, creepy, intense film. We get a little bit of James McAvoy and, you know, Bill Hader and all the other characters coming back to Derry. They said that from, because they're working with adults now, that this one is going to be more graphic and in-depth with it. It really was in the book, you know, when they get to be adults, you can actually do more because it's not children that you're doing it to. And this, they, they said this is going to be more intense. The first one, while I wasn't particularly scared, the first one had a great creep factor and did an, you know, it did an amazing job of taking this creepy character and bringing it into something different and going as far as they could without going over the top with the kids there. This, I think that they're going to take the take the gloves off and I think it's going to be balls to the wall from the get go with a good cast of actors. Um, and the director and the writers returning, I think that this film could be really intense, and it could be it could be scary. I don't know; not a lot of horror movies scare me. I'm a big horror nut, and if you're a horror movie fan, you know it takes a lot to scare you. And I'm not saying that I'm unscarable at all, people. So please don't try. Um, I'm just saying that you know it takes a lot for a horror movie text to get me going. And this had a creep factor to make me go, "Wow, this this could be a, a creepy." creepy creepy film and I'm really really hoping it goes that way because it is it looked intense and the first one was so good I have very high hopes for this and I really hope that it delivers in the aspects of which I really want it to deliver in and that is I want it to be I want it to be over the top I want it to be creepy I don't want it to go gore fest but I know you have to have that with Pennywise and you have to have that with what the story went along with 
We're going to more likely get a giant spider because that's what it was in the book. But is that spider going to be, you know, the puppet type spider? How are they going to handle that? How are we getting all this? Because there's a lot of questions that are coming with this. There's a suicide scene in the book, which I intend for it to be fully graphic, you know, um, when it comes to that scene. And there's a, a scene of a homophobic beatdown where they beat on um, a gay man. And they said they're keeping that in the book, despite the fact that a lot of people didn't want it in the book. They're keeping it in the book. And I understand why they're doing it. I understand why they're keeping that in the book. Because it's, it's a big character development moment for the the characters and for that whole plot. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that, considering today's climate. That's a, that's a very touchy subject. And to touch on that, it's going to be, it's going to be very extremely delicate way to balance it to where it doesn't cause a big uproar. You're going to get an uproar regardless on it, but to not have it be a thing that makes people not go see the film or makes this film get downtrodden and drugged through the mud because of that one scene. However, again, from the trailer, it looks creepy. It looks like it's pushing all the buttons for me, and I like that they gave us a scene a small little scene, you know, it's like a minute and a half long of, you know, something from the movie, just, just to wet our whistle, and then they gave us the other parts, uh, Pennywise is a great villain in, in movie history, you know, I don't think that uh, Skarsgård is as scary as Tim Curry's what is, two completely different movies, two completely different actors, two completely different versions of Pennywise, I get it, but still, it just, he, he doesn't have that balance of physical comedy and creepiness that Tim Curry had. Still, I'm not saying it's a bad film. You know, I, I love the first one. So we're going to see how it turns out. You know, it comes out later this year. I believe it comes out around Halloween. And I can't I, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a, a big, big thing. Speaking of big things, uh, the, the last season of Game of Thrones has appeared and it is here and I'll tell you, I don't know if, there's a lot of people complaining about this season. This season doesn't have the the last book to go off of, so we're, de- we're depending a lot on um, the the writers to fill in the blanks of, of the story of Westeros and, you know, who's going to sit on the Iron Throne. People have been complaining about, you know, it seemed like they're finding every little nitpicky thing they can complain about. I'm enjoying this season. I'm enjoying the hell out of this season. And people say I need to up my standards on what entertainment is, but the way I look at it is when it's a TV show or a movie, I'm being entertained, I'm enjoying it. You know, as long as you're entertaining me and keeping me involved, I'm I'm enjoying this ride. I'm enjoying where this is going. I've been invested for this for a long time, and I'm not going to bail out because they because you think that they've made a, you know, you don't like how the plot went here, or you don't like how they went with this. To me, it seems like... Game of Thrones, people have gotten so invested and they've hyped it so much and they've got their own ideas of what's going on that when their ideas aren't met or their ideas aren't going the way they want them to or it's not hitting how they think it should be done, they want to shit on it and say, well, this is bad and that's bad and I don't like this and I don't like that. Well, you don't have to like it. Nobody's caring if you don't like it because there's millions of other people that do like it. People are saying, well, this is the lowest rating uh, season on Rotten Tomatoes. Nothing can save this season. I don't give a shit what Rotten Tomatoes says. You know, Rotten Tomatoes half the time doesn't doesn't justify whether I see something or not. And the only time people bring up Rotten Tomatoes is when it helps their prop, their cause. If it doesn't, they keep quiet about it. You know, that that's how it rolls here. Uh, yes, there are low scores, nor do I care. 
yes, they left a set, uh, star uh, Starbucks cup on one of the scenes, and it got and it got caught in camera. I didn't care. I noticed it. Didn't take nothing away from the film for me, because you know what? That happens in blockbusters all the time. Movies all the time have things left in scene. People walk across scene. You'll have people change different colored shirts. It happens. It doesn't take away from the movie for you. They're saying, well, the battle at uh, Winterfell was too dark. I couldn't see. I had no problem seeing it. I had no issue seeing it. The first scene when it was completely dark, except for the Dothraki having the uh, swords that were on fire, that was meant to be that way. And the battle scene, I was seeing fine. I don't get what people's problem was. Maybe people's aren't set right. But, of course, I watched mine kind of in the dark because it, it's a darker show. It helps your eyes adjust to it. Maybe that was it. I don't know. I don't care. I enjoyed the scene. You know, they don't like the way that, like, Daenerys is turning into the Mad Queen. And this is all spoiler alerts. I'm sorry if you haven't seen it yet. They don't like the way Daenerys is coming because she's, you know, she's gone from being this abused victim to all of a sudden now she's turning into a tyrant. It's been like that in her family forever. It's been said that she was going to be, that this was in her since day one. People forget the earlier seasons, I think, and they forget where this is going. The, the story of Daenerys has always been that she's always, you know, been on that level of a tyrant and a murderous tyrant. She burned people to free people. She does that. And there's no reason to think that she wouldn't snap and do that. Now, where is this going? I don't know. The Night King's dead. Uh, Arya stabbed him in an epic scene. And I'm going to do a full review after this coming week's episode. So I'm not getting into it now, but you know, Arya did kill the Night King, so that's gone. My prediction was the Night King was going to sit on the throne. I don't know where it's going now, but my my just the general review of this entire season for me has been: you've had a great the first couple episodes were done to get all the you know exposition out of the way and get the meetups, you know the the reunions and all that together, and then it's been balls to the wall and people are complaining. I don't get it. This is a short season; they can't drag it out over ten episodes. It's only six, and it's been amazing so far. And the whole series has been amazing. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Don't watch the last episode. Don't see how it ends, and then you can bitch that you don't know how it ends. I don't care. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna eat my snacks. I'm gonna watch this, and I'm gonna scream. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna, you know, holler, and I'm gonna say, "Oh my God, I can't believe they sat on the throne." Look for the further full review coming up as the series ends. R.I.P. to Game of Thrones when it actually does so. This is the greatest show in television history, in my opinion. Moving on to from a show that. Everybody loved and hated. We're moving on to a video game that I don't think a lot of people remembered, and the ones that do play love it. And that is Mario Maker 2. Super Mario Maker 2 is coming out in June for the Nintendo Switch, and I could not be more excited for a video game. You know, this is... My, my favorite video game has always been Super Mario World. I love platformers. I love 2D side-scrollers. I love the, that, that old-school way of feel. And when Mario Maker came out on the, the Wii U... It was the highest selling game on the Wii U. It was the best selling game. It's one of the only games I own for the Wii U. And it is just simply awesome. You know, you get to make your own Mario levels. You get to play other people's Mario levels. It's a never ending Mario game. And when the Switch came out, people were saying, well, we're going to get a Mario 2. And there was a big if of saying we probably won't get one. Well, at the Nintendo Direct conference back in February, they started off with it. And we're getting, super, we're getting Mario Maker 2. 
and they're adding stuff. They're adding slopes. Slopes were not in the first game. We're getting that in this one. After a big outcry of we wanted them, we're getting vertical scrolling levels. We get, you know, Super Mario World 3D as a skin to be able to use. This mo I mean, this video game, you get to make your own levels. And if you've never done that, if you've ever played Mario, you've always had your idea of, well, I'd do this here, do this here. Now you can actually do that. You buy the game, you set it up, you create your own levels, you upload it, and other people can play your levels. It's a never-ending Mario game. And I am so excited for Super Mario World 2, I mean, excuse me, for Super Mario Maker 2, that, you know, with all the good games that came out this year, Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, um, we had the damn, you know, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 has come out. There's all these big games that have that have hit, and games that are still rumored. And I'm excited for a Nintendo Switch, you know, platformer, because Mario's in it. That's just me. I love these games. I'm excited for this game. I mean, it's just a small little preview. I'll have a full review when it comes out, but it's going to be so much fun. I love this game. I play Super Mario Maker more than I play any game, you know. Of, of the modern era I play a bunch of older games I'm more of a vintage game game to grew up with because a lot of the games now are just so damn hard and the ones we grew up with were hard but jeez like there was so much going on in these new games not that they're bad I love Red Dead Redemption 2 you know Skyrim was awesome you get these games like that but man we'll just see how it goes because I think Super Mario Maker 2 is going to be probably one of the biggest selling games for the Switch coming up and there's not, you know, and because it's just that nostalgia feel on top of that new feel. And it's just going to be a great, great thing coming up. We've got some news coming out of uh, the wrestling world. As it looks like, while not officially signed yet, AEW is getting a one-hour TV show on TNT starting probably sometime in October. This is big. I mean, TNT and TBS and Turner are... Uh, stations that everybody has and I know a lot of people are going to start comparing this to WCW they already have and if they put it on TNT it's even going to get any bigger you know as a bigger but I will, I will tell you this right out of the gate I doubt I really you might get a million viewers the first episode uh, you might get you might get a lot for the first I, I mean I could be wrong on that because I think a lot of people are going to tune in there. but AEW and people have to realize that Professional wrestling fans are going to watch AEW. You know, fans like me, the diehards are going to watch it. Casual fans might not. They have to stumble upon it. They're not going to just, they don't know about AEW. There's a whole, there's millions of people out there that know nothing but WWE. They don't know about Ring of Honor. They don't know about New Japan. They don't know about MLW. They don't know about Impact. They don't know what AEW is. Uh, Chris Jericho is a big name there. Pac and Cody have all been on WWE Network and WWE TV, so that could help them. But they have a long road ahead of them. And it's not like they're going to come out and immediately take the reins as the number one company in the world, which a lot of people want. I don't want them to put WWE out of business. I don't want that. Uh, it's, the more places there are for, for the boys and the girls in the locker room to work, the better. The more places there are to go back and forth is better for professional wrestling as a whole because it makes everybody step their game up. We'll have to see how this works. I'm anxious to see how AEW looks with the money behind it at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. We saw All In, and a lot of people are saying that you know that it's going to look like that. All In was not Tony Khan behind it. All In was Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks putting their money up to make it. That was their production uh, with 
Tony Khan and the Khan family and all their production and the money that they're putting into it, I in, in expect a full, I expect the the pre- presentation to be amazing. I you know the the production has to be on point. It has to be on par or better than WWE. It can't look independent. It can't look small and low budget. It has to have that big feel to it if they want to make a go as being a big company. The talent they have is amazing. Uh, how are their stories going to go? Because you can't just put on, you know, rock'em, sock'em, you know, wrestling matches. You have to have a storyline behind it to get casual fans. And casual fans aren't going to watch wrestling. They're going to watch the storylines. Now, don't go over the top with it. I'm not saying to go to WWE route. But you have to have storylines that can grasp a casual fan and bring them in on top of delivering them fantastic matches with all the talent they have they have plenty of time and plenty of chances to great get fantastic matches we'll just have to see how they pull it all together may 25th is the double or nothing pay-per-view they're putting on i hope you guys tune in and i hope you watch it and support it because again i want them to i want them to be a, to be around i want the people to have more places to work and i want more competition because when they step up it has the wwe step up it has everybody else brings their a game to to the fight and that's what pro wrestling needs pro wrestling's always needed more than one company a monopoly is not good for the business when you have multiple places that's that's when it good that's when it gets real good so we're gonna have to see how AEW goes and how it ends up but I'm very excited for double or nothing May 25th live on pay-per-view because it, it sold out I'll have a full review of it when it happens you know there's so much good stuff coming up so much great content I can provide for you and I hope that you're all just enjoying it and thank you all again for listening thank you all for listening to me babble and run on about things I love and things I hope you love guys it's been a pleasure um, but that's going to do it for this week's episode follow me on twitter at nerdpoolpod follow me on instagram at nerdpoolpodcast I'm on twitch at nerdpoolgaming you can follow me there we can like, chat, subscribe, share you know, tell a friend, tell a neighbor Tell your enemies, get them to listen. If you think I'm the worst thing in the world, well then tell your the people you don't like to listen to me and then it'll hurt their ears, I guess. But thank you all for your support, for your love, to all the chimichangas and the tacos out there. So until next time, that's Nerdpool. See ya. Oh, yeah, what is that?